With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to a new podcast, The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion. In today's show, recorded on the 1st of February, I went back to Barbados to speak to former England Test player Roland Butcher for his thoughts on England's exciting Test Series victory in Sri Lanka. Sadly, prior to release of the podcast, Captain Sir Tom Moore passed away on Tuesday afternoon. Captain Tom had become a national treasure and a household name after raising more than £32 for the health service by walking 100 laps of his garden with his Zimmer frame and was knighted for his fundraising efforts last July. As a Yorkshireman, Captain Tom was a massive cricket fan, and only last December he travelled to Barbados, where he met Roland and many other famous West Indian legends, including Sir Gary Sobers, Desmond Haynes and Joel Garner. I'm sure we'd all like to spare a thought for Captain Tom, his family and friends, at this difficult time. Thank you, Captain Tom. You have been an inspiration to us all. Enjoy today's podcast. Hello, Roland. Welcome back to the Paddock and the Pavilion. Stephen, it's a great pleasure to, to be back on. Um, haven't been for a little while, but I certainly enjoy um, having discussions with you. Well, thank you. Last time it was the early part of September, and I hope you're keeping fit. Um, and how does an international, former international cricketer keep fit these days? Well, the situation now, um, I guess it's pretty much the same all around the world. Obviously, COVID hasn't left us since September where we last spoke. So it's just really um, doing the things that the health officials ask you to do. Uh, we're about to go into a lockdown again from Wednesday uh, because of some community spread. So really a lot of time is spent at home um, and you just try to keep as busy as possible and and as healthy as possible. Well, that's good. Well, turning then to the heat of Sri Lanka, England uh, won their 3-0 in 2018, uh, but they lined up at Gaul with only 
one day's practice while the host had just come back from a thumping in um, South Africa. What were your expectations uh, of the series before it started? Before the series started, I really felt that, you know, England would have a, a very good chance of winning the series. Once they started the series well, uh, it would be difficult for Sri Lanka then to respond. And I think for obvious reasons that England actually had a summer of international cricket, which meant they played test matches against West Indies and against Pakistan. So they were fairly active and that would have prepared them for, for this series. Um, albeit then they had some one-day matches in, in South Africa before that was cancelled. Uh, but obviously South Africa, when, when they hosted um, Sri Lanka, uh, that was the first time Sri Lanka had played for quite a while, and obviously they were well beaten in South Africa. So they would have come back home um, not really in a very confident mood. But at the same time, I guess they would be reasonably happy that the tour is at home in familiar conditions. But I think the experience of England playing over the summer and the successes that they had over the summer would have taken them into this um, series with a lot of confidence. And uh, I expected them to perform well. But was the tone of the series then set when uh, Sri Lanka got bowled out for only 135 in the first test? Well, that showed really the, the nervousness um, in the Sri Lankan camp because it wasn't just the fact that they were bowled out so cheaply, it was in the manner that they were dismissed. And I think that would have been a, a, a disconcerting really for the coach and it really signalled what was to come. I mean, you would have expected that throughout the series they were, their performances would improve. But after such a dismal start, then it, it became really impossible for them to get their game back on track in a very short series. Had it been a five-test series, then there was possibility of coming back. But in a short series like this one, with a dismal start like that on day one, really you're up against it. And are we seeing some of these low scores in test cricket because of the influence of all this T20 and even T10 cricket nowadays? I think there are two reasons. Um, the T20 and, and, and the T10, yes. But I think the biggest reason right now, I think, is, is COVID because... It means that a lot of teams are inactive for long periods. And, you know, when was the last time Sri Lanka played before they played in South Africa? Mm. I would think it was a very, very long time ago. And also COVID had affected the training regimes of the teams. So a lot of teams are going into series underprepared and not just necessarily underprepared net-wise, but certainly match practice. Um, they, they haven't had a lot of match practice, so... You will get up and down uh, performances. Some days they'll perform well, other days they'll perform poorly. I think England, out of all the teams, have, have had the most matches. So, you know, and it was only a few months ago that they really stopped playing. So, for them, I think the transition is, is a lot easier. In terms of the T20 and then coming into Test cricket, well, I mean, Ken Williamson showed that. There's no problem coming from T20 to Test Match Cricket because in the series against West Indies, he came straight from the IPL, didn't play a game, um, and his next innings was a Test Match. He scored 250 and then followed that up um, in another series there with another 200. So, you know, if you are a good player, 
the adjustment it comes very easily. Well, England responded with 421 with their uh, key man, their captain, Joe Root, who scored a double century. How impressed were you with, with Joe Root? Very impressed. I think, you know, to get a double century on the subcontinent is not easy. Um, in any in any conditions, uh, very difficult to do. Joe Root, as captain, obviously he led from the front. And, you know, had he failed, you know, the confidence could have drained from the side as well. So it was important for him personally and for the team that he performed well. The fact that he performed in such a, a sterling manner, I think, would have lifted the rest of the team uh, for the rest of the series and, to some degree, would have deflated uh, Sri Lanka, that the captain of the opposition team uh, was in such fine form. So, you know, that double hundred by root really ensured that, you know, England were going to take charge of the series. It must be really hard to bat and concentrate in that heat and humidity. Absolutely. You know, um, okay, there's no crowds, but, you know, the pressure and intensity of the game is still there. You know, international cricket is very high pressured. And as I said, even with no fans and, and the stifling heat, you know, he would have had to really work hard, concentrate hard. You know, if you look through the rest of the England innings, um, there were very few contributions. So it really showed the magnitude of that innings uh, by root in that first innings that really set England on its path. Yeah, Dan Lawrence on debut got 73. How high do you rate Joe Root against the other sort of stars of today? Root is obviously a very talented batsman. Uh, I think over the last couple of years, uh, he has fallen just really below the standard of a Coley and, and a Williamson and, and a Steve Smith to some degree. Uh, but I think, you know, before that, he was very much up there. I think he's got a chance now to really rebuild that reputation and, you know, come up trumps when his team need, needs him. And that's what Corley and Williamson uh, and Smith has done uh, for the last few years. When the team really needed them, they have been the key players. I think for the last couple of years, you know, Root's been, his, his form, performance has been in and out. Um, some days he's been really good and other days, uh, you know, fairly average. But, you know, he's got the class and he's shown it over the years that he's, he's that quality of player that, you know, he can get back there. Well, Sri Lanka fought back back in that test match um, in the second innings, getting 359, but England went on to win by seven wickets. In the second test, another key man, apart from Joe Root, who got another uh, 180, was Jimmy Anderson, who got six for 40 in 29 overs. Uh, quite remarkable figures in the subcontinent. It was, but let's go back to the first test before we talk sure. about the second Mustn't forget the performance of, of Don Bess, who really was um, in England against West Indies, you know, looked an ordinary off-spin bowler. You would have expected that in these conditions that, you know, he would be a much more threatening bowler. But I think his contribution um, in the first test match really, you know, ensured that he was going to enjoy the rest of the series. So you've got to credit his performance along with Roots in that, in that first test and, of course, Dan Lawrence. Coming to the second test now, um, some changes made, and um, you know Jimmy Anderson continued to show you know why he's such a quality bowler over a long period of time. By you know in conditions perhaps not suited to fast bowling, um, was able to put in a fantastic performance. And as you said, another 
sterling effort by Root as well. How long do you think Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad, who'd bowled well in the first test, can, can carry on playing for England? I think they can continue for many years because England have got quite a good lineup of fast bowlers. So if they're sensible, they can rotate. Um, these players use the various conditions that they're going to play in and ensure that people like Broad and Anderson can go on for many years. That would be to the advantage of England if they can do that. You know, they, they've still got Wood, they've still got Walks, they've got Joe Faracha and some of the other young fast bowlers coming through. So, you know, right now the stock looks good. And if you've got two players with over 1,000 test match wickets who can still perform, you've got to involve them somewhere along the line um, when, when you need them. I guess when you come back to England this summer, both of them will play a vital role again in the team because, again, conditions. Sometimes um, what you'll have to do is, you know, when you go on certain tours, um, maybe use them sparingly uh, and use the other fast bowlers. But in English conditions, you know, two names really go on the list first. And in this test match, uh, Sri Lanka did much better in the first innings um, with Angelo Matthews making a century. But of course, the, it all went wrong for them in the second innings when they collapsed again for a very poor score in sort of less than 40 overs. Yes, you would have expected them to fight back. Um, within the side, they've still got some quality batsmen. And, and Matthews is one of them. And he showed it in this test. In that test, he got a very good 100. You know, So they've got some capable batsmen. Again, you know, the spinners, this time Leach came to the party as well uh, with Bess. And, this, you know, the spinners caused the problems. And that second innings collapse really um, was something that they didn't they didn't expect, but you can understand why it happened because the lack of cricket that they've had, certainly in the last eight to nine months, you know, actually told um, in that. So it, when a team doesn't um, get the chance to play or practice much, you know, you would expect that, you know, one or two innings they will probably perform. And that's exactly what happened in this series. They just performed, um, you know, in the one innings. The next innings, whether that was first innings or second innings, then they would have had problems. And that went to script, really. And England ran out easy winners. Yeah, six wickets um, with Sibley getting a half century in the in the second innings. And also Josh Butler, who impressed uh, behind the wickets as well during the series. Yeah, that was important. Sibley, up until that point, um, had had an average um, series, even even though it's a short series. So the fact that he was able to get a half century and remain not out and England win the game um, chasing a small target, you know, that would do his confidence a lot of good. Uh, just Butler, obviously, you know, he, he contributed as well um, throughout the series, both in front of the stumps and behind the stumps. So, you know, that argues well for England. The, the openers had a, a rough time. And uh, on the subcontinent, Somebody has a rough time. There's no question about that in any in any series. And it just so happened to be the openers, um, Crawley, on this occasion that he didn't really get any scores. But a good performance by England all round. You think England are an, an improving side then? Yeah, most definitely. I don't think they're the complete article yet, uh, you know, because there's still question marks really in the opening department. You know, the fact that if you're still going to... Um, if you have to open with Zach Crawley, 
who's perhaps not an opener um, in international cricket, you have to open with him on the subcontinent. You know, it tells you that there's still room for improvement um, at the top of the order. So, you know, obviously Burns will come back at some point, visibly. That partnership really needs some more work. So, you know, and obviously with, you know, you've got the Stokes, obviously Stokes coming back into the side again, you know, strengthens the side. Um, The plus really will be that, you know, if the spinners continue to improve, then, you know, that would add to the balance of the team. And what about Sri Lanka? Any bright spots for them? Embil Dinia, the left armer, bowled well. Yeah, the left arm, left armer. Yeah, he yes, you know, he he, he bowled well, and um, so that's a, that that's a good find. Um, but what Sri Lanka needs, you know, they've got cricket, good cricketers. What they need is more cricket. And um, at some point this year, you know, they will perform well against um, some team. But they need more cricket at this point in time. You know, they're always very competitive, particularly at home. And, you know, obviously with Matthews and Chandy Mal and others like that, you know, they've got some quality players. And how would you have find, found batting with uh, young Dick Weller behind the sticks uh, chattering away? It was quite amusing on television. Yeah, I mean, he's a, I mean, he's a good cricketer. I think he's underperforming uh, at the moment. I think his batting is, is, is pretty good. Um, you know, so he, you know, he's an important player, you know, for Sri Lanka. Uh, obviously, the figures haven't shown his value just yet, but you know, I think he's someone. He's young enough also to make a, a meaningful contribution to the team. Um, you know, so the prospects for him are, are pretty good. Uh, and Sri Lanka, they're a team. I wouldn't say they're, they won't be a top team for obvious reasons. Reasons, um, you know, they, they, they've lost obviously some of the star players that they've had over the years. In the likes of Sangakara, Jay Wardner, Jay you know, Russell Arnold and, and people of Tilshan. I mean, those were top quality players. So any team that loses that sort of quality um, will find it hard to replace it. But within the side, they've still got some good players. And, you know, Dick Well is one of them. And now England go off to, well, now actually in India, um, who've have won 28, I read, of their last 34 home tests and only lost one of them. What are England's prospects in India? Well, this is going to be a very tough series for England. If they, I mean, they would expect it. Uh, I think if you take India's record at home, which is quite formidable, and you add to that what actually just took place in Australia, uh, the way they came from being, you know, they will go into this series against England with a lot of confidence. I don't think they'll underestimate England because they will know the strength of the side over the last few years that they are a formidable team. But I think England, India would also feel very confident at home playing against you know, England who are top side. It's going to be a very, very interesting um, series. I would say at this point in time, India really would be favourites. Um, England would have to play, I think, above themselves. It will be it will be close. There's no question about that. I don't think there was going to be huge margins between the two teams, but I think India's record, um, the depth of, of of quality in the side, uh, could just about edge edge this series. Yes, because in the uh, recent Australian series, the um, India nearly put in out a second team to beat Australia in that final test at, at the Gabba. 
Yeah, I mean, it was an incredible performance. Um, they had no choice but to put out that team. Um, there was nowhere else to go. Um, with players calling home, injuries, etc. Um, they just really had to thrust the youngsters in, and they didn't disappoint. You know, the the youngsters came in, like Shubman Gill and Shiraj and others, and performed um, really out of their skins. And then the, the experienced players of Rahani, Pujara, and then Pant um, ensure that, you know, India put up that performance in the final test match, which really, uh, still to, to this precise moment, you're still scratching your head to, to ask yourself, well, did that really happen? And it did happen. And, you know, so they've shown that the depth of their, of their cricket is something that perhaps most of the other teams now will struggle with. But do you think now with COVID, that's sort of uh, illustrating the, the depth that the big three, England, Australia and India, have got as an advantage over the, all the other test-playing nations? Most definitely. Um, you know, the big three were always out in front um, of, of the rest for many reasons. I think... Uh, you know, finances has been a, a huge reason why um, those teams have been able to get ahead of the others. You know, they can invest in um, technology and science and everything else, which the others can't. So had a huge head start. And, you know, come COVID, you know, when you've got a huge bench, like both of those teams have, you know, it makes it quite easy that when players are missing, that they can bring players in. Uh, just take a look at the West Indies now in Bangladesh, um, you, you know, you lose the top players and suddenly you see what you're left with. So teams like West Indies and others during this COVID period uh, will, will suffer greatly um, because their reserve bench just doesn't have the sort of strength that an India, Australia and England has. And what are your thoughts on selection now with people coming in and out of bubbles? Because England have got Joss Butler for just this first test in India and Johnny Bairstow went home and then he's coming back? Well, these are the times. Um, you know, he, that's how it is now. I mean, if things were normal, you, you wouldn't see these sort of things happening. But these are abnormal times. So you will see, you know, players coming and going. Uh, some players will um, be fused sports because, you know, of fears of, of, of COVID. Um also, you know, the, the rotation of players, you know, teams will use the opportunities, you know, to rotate players more. So, you know, it's a sign of the times. And right now, I think we're expecting that to happen for a little while now. And really, we can all, all we can do is hope that, you know, COVID goes away in a, in a speedy manner so we can get back to some sort of normality. But for the time being, you know, all sorts of things are possible. And the West Indians that came over to England, did you get chance to speak to them and ask them what it was like living in a bubble? Yeah, yes, like everyone else who's in a bubble, it, it, you know, it, it's pretty tough because, you know, basically it is not the norm. You know, the norm is that um, individually, you know, you can do as, as you please. Um, in, in a bubble situation, um, there are restrictions and the restrictions for obvious reasons. So it means that you can no longer do what you want to do or what you would like to do. And that can be quite tough. Um, but there's a reality about this situation. If if there is no bubble, there's no cricket. 
your job is one of playing cricket. So, you know, it is something that you may not like, but right now that's what it is, and you have to make the, the most of it. The only question really is, it comes down to, you know, how much is enough? Um, you know, if you've got three or four um, back-to-back tours very, very quickly, you know, it is possible that burnout can take place um, amongst the players who perhaps feel that because of the restriction that, you know, they, they're not able to take it anymore. It will be interesting to see um, how the West Indian players actually react to uh, the next three or four months because there, there's about four tours to the Caribbean in the first half of the year. You know, you've got you've got Sri Lanka, you've got Australia, you've got South Africa, and then you've got Pakistan. So there's four tours to the Caribbean. And, and the way the Caribbean is right now, all of those will be played in um, biosecure environments. So it will be interesting to see um, not necessarily the overseas players. I mean, obviously some will refuse to to come, but the question would be, you know, for these four series that the West Indian players will be in those biosecure environments. So it'd be interesting to see how even at home they will feel about being in that environment. I, I expect that at some point it will be similar to Bangladesh, where the environment itself, not necessarily the country, just the environment that they have to operate in, uh, will become too much for some of these players. Yeah, it must be a balance. Um, it's good to see that um, uh, there's going to be some test cricket back in in uh, the West Indies. I'd heard that Sri Lanka were going. I didn't realise all these other countries were coming over as well. Yeah, straight after each other. Oh, that's good to hear. Just talking about the West Indies, you... Um, the West Indies went out to New Zealand and lost um, heavily in the Test Series and lost the T20 Series. What was the reaction back in the Caribbean to that? Well, the reaction amongst the, the, the ordinary fan, obviously not happy because they want West Indies to win. But, but the reaction by people who actually understand cricket and understand international cricket, understand where West Indies is in relation to the other teams in world cricket, would under, would know that. Really, West Indies had no chance of beating New Zealand in New Zealand. You know, New Zealand um, record is, is formidable at home against the West Indies. So, West Indies have been beaten and beaten well by New Zealand in the past. In New Zealand, where West Indies have had very, very good teams. So, the fact that you've got a team who, for the last 20 years, have been struggling and players also drop out it's inevitable that they would get beat. I don't think people really expected the margins of defeat. I mean, that might have been surprising, but certainly you would have expected that they would not win um, the series in New Zealand, and that's the way it turned out. New Zealand plays some excellent cricket and and beat them quite easily. And now, as you say, they're in Bangladesh, um, and the Test Series starts, I think, on Wednesday this week. Yeah, How do you think they'll go there? There's... They, Several players are not in Bangladesh as well, are they? Again, they will struggle. I mean, I, I, I don't expect that they will win the series in Bangladesh. Uh, Bangladesh will be very strong at home. They've got some top players who would get in most teams around the world. I mean, you know, you've got Tammy Nekdal, um, you know, Shakib, Mamadullah, you know, 
you know, they've got some, you know, they've got good players, you know, guys who have played a lot of international cricket with a great deal of success. And at home, particularly, you know, the spin bowlers do well. West Indies don't play the spin particularly well. So I would expect that that would be a troubling thing for them. And also, you notice for a number of years now, West Indies struggled to make runs. So that doesn't argue well for them. Um, you know, the faster bowlers have got them out of difficulties in the last few years. But like, the faster bowlers, I think, will be fairly muted in in Bangladesh. I don't think the pitches are going to suit them. Um, the other thing is, are the West Indies spinners of enough quality to to bowl out Bangladesh cheaply? Um, surely Bangladesh batters will play the spin a lot better than West Indian, the West Indies will. So I would expect a, a, an extremely tough uh, campaign in Bangladesh. And Bangladesh really must be the favourites. Because you're missing Jason Holder, Shea Hope, and Roston Chase are not there, are they? Yeah, I mean, and then you add all the others. I mean, there's, you know, there's about eight or nine of them missing. So it, it's it's going to be, you know, there's, there's, there's going to be people on that tour making international debuts, the likes of Kyle Mears and um, Kevin Hodge and people like that will be playing for the first time. So, you know, that's tough in itself. But to be in um, Bangladesh, with those conditions against those quality of players um, will make it extremely difficult um, for those players and for the team. Well, I think the, the test starts on the 3rd of February, so good luck to the West Indies there. Uh, another person that you met quite recently, I just wanted to mention uh, and spare a thought for today, is um, Captain Sir Tom Moore, who's just been admitted to uh, Bedford Hospital with COVID. I'm Sure, we'd all like to wish him a speedy recovery. Most definitely, yeah. I was fortunate to meet Sir Tom while he was here on his visit to Barbados, and um, what a great man he is. Um, got the news yesterday uh, that he had tested positive and was uh, receiving treatment. Or all, all I can do with everyone else really is to to wish him a, a very speedy recovery. Um, sent a message to his daughter yesterday as a conveyor that same message and I hope that he can get back on his feet, so to speak, as quickly as possible because, you know, he really has been a, an inspiration to to not just people in England, but I think around the world as to the human spirit. And, you know, he, he really typifies that. Oh, thank you for that. There were some lovely photos of you and several other West Indian legends um, with Sir Tom uh, before Christmas. Yes, while he was here, he... Um, it, it was organised for him to have a, um, a visit to Kensington Oval. And yes, um, all the legends were assembled um, to, to meet him. Um, he's a guy that, you know, he loves his cricket. Um, Barbados was a place that was always on his bucket list. And even though he had to wait till his 100th year <laughs> to make the trip to Barbados, he was, he was so delighted to be there. And, and also the fact that, you know, he was able to, come to a very famous cricket ground unfortunately there was no cricket going on at the time but you know he still got the opportunity to meet and and interact with some of the legends of the game so it was a memorable trip for him and for all of us well thank you for that and thank you again for being on the paddock and the pavilion um enjoy the sunshine in barbados and we'll uh, put up with a cold and possible more snow here back in the uk
Yes, Stephen, it's a great pleasure. Always um, good to talk to you. Um, maybe the next time we speak, um, you might want to talk about an England away victory. So, oh. you know, that's something to look forward to. Yes, well, thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to The Paddock and the Pavilion. You can download the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Pad and Pad. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.